0: Score! 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 The San Jose Sharks proudly present Sharks Hockey Digest. Here's your host, Dan Rusinowski.
1: The 2022-23 National Hockey League season is in the books for the San Jose Sharks, but there was still some time to clean out the lockers and to chat with members of the Sharks team, the coaching staff, and the management. Let's go to General Manager Mike Greer, who spoke with
0: the
2: media in an extended session.
0: Uh good morning, Mike. Uh
2: how are things going? Good morning, guys. Thanks for thanks for coming on. I know uh kept you waiting a little bit yesterday, so I appreciate your uh you guys getting on today. How did uh how did egg, egg, all the uh exit interviews go yesterday? Was
0: it uh I don't know, was it beneficial to, to hear from from the players and,
2: and get their feedback, I guess, and and
0: for you to talk to them a little bit as well.
2: Yeah, I thought they went well. Um, you know, it's definitely something that it was is important for us moving forward. I mean, we're we're in this together, so you know, any feedback I can get from them about things they liked and didn't like, and um, you know, things I can do better, things the organization can do better, um, how they felt their season went, um, you know, how the group is, and things like that. So I, I thought it was really, it was really beneficial for me. Um, you know, I learned a lot and I think it was, you know, good for the players too. I think we had good, open, honest discussions about, about the team and about, about uh, each individual's game. As you've, uh, we had two or three days to digest here, just uh, this season in general, what are you, what are you kind of your big takeaways from, from the year? I think, uh, you know, on the ice, I, I think it's, it was uh, a little bit disappointing. I thought we were, you know, and pre-deadline, I thought we were, you know, a better team than our our record showed, but, you know, the results weren't there. So, Um, but I think the main thing I was, I was really happy with the style of play that was implemented um, in the compete, compete level of the group. I thought they showed up, guys showed up and worked every day at practice and in the games, we competed hard every, pretty much every night. So, um, you know, I think uh, that was the main thing. And I think one of the things we set out to do was kind of start building the the foundation of of what type of culture and standard we want here with the Sharks. And I think the guys and the coaches did a good job of kind of laying the early, early bricks down of, of that foundation.
3: Corey. Hey, Mike. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for doing good. this. Um, obviously we talked to Eric yesterday and he said a lot of the same things that he's been saying for several months now. I'm just wondering now that you guys are, have the chance to sort of get past this year and look into the future what what sort of path or timeline can you offer him to convince him to stay if if that's if that's what you would like um I mean he had a first he had a you know he had a he had a tremendous
2: season and um I think we all we all know it and I think it was a kind of a special year to be around and um you know he, he carried a lot of play for us as, as for our team and is an important player so um You know, it's uh, for him, him and I talked and it's tough to put a a timeline on any of this stuff, how quickly you can turn it on. There's a lot of unknowns and circumstance that goes into it. So, um, you know, I think he and I both agree that things are kind of moving in the right direction and, and and, and things like that Well, whether everything matches up with the timeline of where he's at in his career. I I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me to say a hundred percent for sure one way or the other. Um, but he's been great. I think I've enjoyed working with him Quinnie's enjoyed working with him. So, um, you know, hopefully he'll be back, but we'll have to see, uh, you know, as he takes some time away to think about it and, and um, you know, we get into the down the road in the off season, what, what else might pop up as far as, um, you know, team's interest in him. And, and then we'll kind of, as we've done for the last kind of four months, we'll, uh, you know, if there's interest in him, we'll, we'll listen and see if it makes sense. And, and um, you know, if something does come up, we'll take it, Eric. But, um, you know, as it stands right now, he's he's a big piece of our team. And, you know, that's that's how we're, uh, you know, we're going to take and head into the off season with that.
3: What sort of, uh, I guess, feedback maybe or I guess that's the right word. Have you gotten from Hasso and Jonathan about your first year in charge and where this is going?
2: Um, I think, you know, from our, our conversations was that I think they're um, I think they're happy with the direction where uh, we're headed. And the things that we've done to kind of, um, I guess, put the uh, take the organization in a different direction and kind of push it forward and move it forward a bit Um you know, from where it was the last few years. So, um, I think at this point they're happy with it. They they kind of understand where we're at and some of the some of the things we needed to do as an organization and, and moves we needed to make. And they've been uh, very supportive and with everything that um we've done as a hockey hockey ops department and in the and while the results aren't there on the ice, I think they you know I think Hostel's been happy with you know, the style of play and, um, the compete level of the group. Thank you. Max.
1: Uh, Hey Mike, one thing that, uh, was a a common theme that, uh, that was coming around, uh, and a lot of the players yesterday was leadership, uh, in a tough season like this, you know, what did, what did you see from like the leadership group, the Mario Ferraros, the Logan Coutures in in such a tough season. And then obviously at the end of the season, bringing in a lot of uh, young players, what did you see from, from your veteran leadership group this season?
2: I thought they did a great job. Um, I thought the buy-in was there from day one. Um, you know, the, the way they practiced, the way they played, even even when they, you know, we had the 0-5 start, you know, guys guys didn't hang their head. They kept competing and playing, and I thought they did that all the way through. So, you know, Logan and the leadership group deserve a ton of credit to keep playing and, and grinding the way they did, you know, um, right to the end of the season. You know, we... Had, a, had a, the little three-game winning streak that everyone talked about, but that says a lot about the guys. You know, we beat Vegas and Winnipeg and, you know, took Colorado to overtime, and those are really good playoff teams who are, you know, Winnipeg was playing for their playoff lives and Colorado was trying to get the win the division, and our guys kind of stepped up and went toe-to-toe with them. So I think that says a lot about the group. So I'm extremely, extremely pleased with the leadership group. Um, all the young guys, you know, I think they they embrace the young guys coming up, help them feel comfortable, um, so the guys could come in and play. And I think that's a big thing. I think it's not easy for a young guy to come in and step into an NHL um, lineup and 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 play well. But I think uh you know our guys did a good job making everyone feel welcome and comfortable. So I think they they did a really good job of keeping uh kind of keeping the team on the tracks when it would have been easy for for um, them to kind of lie down and, and uh, not show up. Yeah. Just
1: following up now, I just wanted to kind of move it to the coaching staff. What did you see from David Quinn and his staff, his first year from leading the team? Obviously there was a lot of buy-in, like you mentioned, and a lot of kind of cohesion within the group. What did you see from the coaching staff from that perspective this year?
2: Um, I, I think they did it. The coaches did a really good job. Um, you know, Quinny's one of his strengths was, and why I wanted to bring him in here is, um, is the way he communicates with the players and the players all know where they stand, which I think is, is really important in this day and age, you know, um, you know, I think he takes the time to meet with each player individually and let them know, you know, why they're, you know, maybe why they're out of the lineup or why they got moved down a line, whatever it may be. Um, I think he did a great job of communicating with them and and then motivating them throughout the season. You know, you get into, you know, January and February, and you're not having the great, the best season. And, uh, you know, I think he and the staff did a really good job of motivating the players to compete and show up and, and play hard. So um, uh, the players deserve credit for their um, competitive level, but the coaches had a huge part of that too. So they, they deserve credit. I think you did a, a really good job of of handling uh, and navigating the ups and downs of the season. Thank you.
1: Okay. Hey, Mike, Good morning. Morning. Want to ask you about uh obviously a lot of focus on Eric and you know, he's got a big contract. But you have a few more guys here in uh Logan, Tomash and uh Mark Edward. In your conversations with them, I don't know if you've had them yet, but uh if you've had them with them, uh have they all, you know, expressed their desire to come back? Um
2: Um, I think everyone is uh, you know, they've all said they've they enjoyed here. Um I think they all have uh they want to help the help the team get to where it needs to be. Um, I think they like the direction, the direction that the team's going in. Um, so I think everyone, everything was positive with that group. They've they've put in a lot of time in here. They all want to win. Um, so you know, as, as of right now, I think they're all they're all on board to um, you know, to come to come back and, and uh try and push this thing and get us going to back to where we want to be
1: how would you review each of those players seasons
2: um i think logan had
1: i think logan had a really
2: good year kind of a a really sneaky good offensive year um i think uh for him being the captain i think he he wore wore it a lot um you know a captain of a team that you know finished you know fourth fourth from the bottom um but I think he did a great job. I think it was not easy form, um, but he did a great job. He led the group. He showed up. He was who he is, who he's kind of as advertised as, you know, someone who plays hard every night, works hard, plays every game, plays both sides of the puck. Um, so I thought he had a really, a really good year. He's, um, he's everything you, you want in a hockey player and a person. So he's a big part of the group. And I, I thought he had a good year. Um, I thought Tomas, um, was kind of up and down. I think he, um, you know, I think he would, he would tell you too. He probably wished he had a, a more consistent and better overall season, but at the same time, he, he still produced for us and is, uh, you know, drove offense for us most nights. It, it it got a little harder for him once Timo left and he, he never didn't really have for him and Logan, they never had um, kind of regular, regular wingers or consistent wingers for most of the season. So it wasn't, wasn't easy for them, but, um, you know, I think Tomas is going home in a, I think a good frame of mind. And I think he's, um, I think he realizes that he needs to be more consistent for us, um, game in and game out. And I think he's, he's looking forward to, to, um, doing that for us next year. Um, I think Pickles was, he was solid, you know, I think he's someone who would kind of, I think uh, maybe was second guessing himself over the last couple of years. You know, I think, um, you know, he probably wasn't playing as as much as he would have liked and, you know, was uh, maybe not sure, sure, sure of his game anymore, but I think Quinny, did a good job and, and did a good job of kind of building him back up confidence wise, you know, when he went to meet with him, you know, soon after he got the job. And, um, so I think, I think pickles was kind of his solid self. He was pretty good defensively. Um, he competed hard and he just played a, you know, a pretty sound, simple game, which is kind of what he's done throughout his career. So I think, um, I think, uh, he was he was pretty he's pretty good so i think we're, we were happy happy with his his season
1: when we talked with uh, david about uh Tomas, uh, uh he uh, there was a focus on uh Tomas, um you know keeping up with the skating you know the league's getting faster uh, uh Tomas is getting older so keeping up in that regard and conditioning not so much that you know not no one was saying that 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 tommy was out of shape or anything but that uh, maybe he needed to just take it to another level or focus on, on different areas. Um, uh, were those a couple of things that maybe you spoke with him about and was there anything else that you kind of are looking for from him so he can have that consistency next year?
2: Uh, we spoke about it a little bit, um, but I think it's for him, it's, as you get older, it's, you have to kind of adapt to the league and adapt to um and maybe change some of your, the way you, you train and prepare for the season. I know, um, you know, Jumbo and, and uh, Pav, and some of the guys here who had been here in the past, you know, I think if you talk to them, they all kind of changed the way they approached the game as they got older and, you know, started doing things differently, uh, training and conditioning and, and um, in the summers and even in season wise to, make sure you can keep up with the rigors of the game. And like you said, the pace of the game, it's getting faster and faster. So I think that's just part of um, things that guys go through as they kind of get older. And Tomas is a big, big, strong guy. And it's, um, you know, it takes, sometimes it takes a little, uh, it takes a little bit more to kind of make sure you're, you can keep up with the pace, pace of play. And I think he's, um, I think he, he's aware of that as and it's something I think he'll work on in the summer. So, um, you know, I think we're Quinny and I, and, and and Tomasa, I think we're all looking, looking forward to, you know, um, watching him and and seeing the progress he makes over the summer and and seeing, seeing him in camp next year.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Mike.
2: Thanks. Go to Corey.
3: What happened with Marcus Nodavara? I mean, you know, he played one preseason game and, it was like he was trying to come back and trying to just, just with this season.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, he, um, he hurt his hip. Um, and he just couldn't, he just couldn't get it right. You know, we did a lot of put in a, a lot of time and a lot of rehab and um, he just couldn't get it to feel right. And um, you know, you get to the point where you're at a certain age and you've had a couple you know, you've had a couple hip surgeries and you just wasn't feeling right. And, you know, you have to kind of take into account life after hockey and be able to do stuff with your kids and, and be active. And I think he just kind of it got to the point where he couldn't play and couldn't, uh, couldn't play at, at at the NHL level and without, without any pain. So, um, you know, I think he... He's just decided to, you know, he couldn't do it anymore, basically. So, um, you know, I think he's, he went back home and wants to be a, a father and be there for his kids and, and feel good about his and h- himself post hockey. So,
3: and then I guess, um, uh, E2 Macanamy, like, I mean, he hasn't played since February. What we haven't really heard what was going on with that. Yeah, he, um, he had a, um,
2: a little bit of a hip issue right, right from, uh, in training camp, his hip was bothering him a little bit, but he rehabbed it and was playing with it. And, um, you know, but he got to a certain point in the season where, you know, he was still feeling it. So we got an MRI on it and, uh, he had a little bit of a, a labrum tear. So he could have, he could have kept kind of, playing with it and trying to push through it, but we thought it was best for him to get it taken care of so he can be ready for training camp.
3: Is there anybody that like was still playing at the end of the year? That's going to need surgery this off season.
2: Um, I don't, uh, I don't think so. I think everyone else is, um, everyone else is okay. I think, um, yeah, I think Vlasic's need turned out that he didn't need, he didn't need surgery. And, Eklund had his surgery, so I think everyone else was, um, was just has a regular end of season bumps and bruises.
3: You had a couple uh, defense prospects, Mike Fisher and Gannon Larock, who like just didn't get to play very much, right? And then obviously there was the COVID year where they didn't get to play very much. Just how tough is that for? I mean, you ha- there are I'm sure there are 31 other teams that are dealing with this too, where you just have some some prospects I mean, and McNamee is another one where they just haven't got to play very much hockey the past three years. And how do you sort of compensate for that in their development?
2: Yeah, I mean I don't I don't think you can <laughs> um unfortunately I don't think you can really make it up make up those development years. You just gotta stay patient with the kids and not and not rush them. You know, um, you know, fish unfor- unfortunately for him, you know, he got the knee injury right in preseason now he's just back playing so hopefully you know he's on a good Youngstown team and I think they should make a good playoff run so hopefully that gives him some extra games but really it's about getting him healthy and and Gannon the same the same way you know he came back and felt good and then I think he ended up overcompensating and um you know hurt his other hurt his other hip so um but I think they're both they're both young and and will make full recoveries. And uh, but I don't think there's anything we can do to kind of get those that development time back. We just got to make sure we're working with them to get them healthy and make sure that we're not rushing them to and putting them into situations where maybe they can uh, they re injure themselves. So it's uh, you know these kids who've gone through the COVID years. It's you know it's uh, it's definitely hurt or slowed slowed some some people's development time and when you add injuries on top of that it's it's difficult for them. But they're all well they're both um you know high quality kids, high character kids who who want to put in the work. So um I think we we feel good good about where they're headed and you know through the off season hopefully they'll get healthy and and get back on track with the development path. And you know Mackie and him, he's no difference. He's he's had um you know in injuries last year and now he's you know, he missed, missed some time this year too. So um, that's why we decided to get the hip taken care of now because so he can have hopefully a, a normal regular summer um, where he's not rehabbing and he can actually train, um, train and work on his game and work on his craft and be a hundred percent and ready for training camp. I guess one one last thing for me, if you don't uh,
3: like what, like how would your plan or the just how you're moving forward change at all? If uh, you get one of those two ping pong balls in a couple of weeks.
2: Um, I don't think it'll change too much. Um, you know, we'll see what happens then. Um, but, um, you know, I think the last thing we want to do here is, you know, be fortunate enough to get a, get a high pick and then, you know, go out and, spend money and then in three years we're, we're regretting where we're, what we did. So, um, we still have to kind of stick to our plan and, and, um, and be smart about any moves we make and, and things we do and, and kind of, uh, keep down the, you know, the excitement of, of maybe adding, you know, adding a top young player, um, not getting too, overexcited about that and try and do too much and then regret it uh, a couple years down the road I think um, while these players here are at the top of the draft are are really good players we still still have to realize that they're 18 year old kids and it's a tough league and rarely do kids come in and you know dominate right away they all need they're still going to need development time and and time to get acclimated to playing in a men's league and living away from home and, and all these different things and the travel and the schedule. Um, you know, I, I mean, you were in Jersey when I was with Jack and um, you know, you still an 18 year old kid and you could see what you could see what he could become, but um, that first year was difficult. So um, what well, we want to make sure we surround him, we have a lot of good people in the room and we want to make sure that, whoever we bring in is that we can insulate them a little bit with, with good veterans and, and good people. Curtis. Mike, you know, obviously you
0: just we talked a little bit about Eric there. Uh, there was a lot of discussion about the ask uh, for him. Uh, does that, is there a, a negotiable type thing as far as what you'd like to in return? Um, is there a balance to be made there between, um, you know, getting a fair return and also, I mean, we're creating some
2: some cap space uh, in the future, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be it'll definitely be a balance. Um, you know, I think it's not all all about cap space. Sure, it'd be great for us to to gain cap space, but you're also looking at a hundred point right shot D, who was uh, pretty pretty dominating and still 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 young. So. Um, so it's not someone we're we're not looking just to give him away just to get cap space. So, um, it'll definitely be a balance. I think we, we have an idea of what we think he's, what he's worth and what, what we should get in return. And, um, we'll just kind of leave, leave it at that. I think it, it'll like any deal, it's kind of be give and take on both sides and the balance of yes, getting some cap relief, but also, um, getting what we, we feel is, uh, as a good return for him.
0: Do you anticipate there being uh, more interest in him as we, as you get to find, you know, you know, what the cap is and, and teams sort of have all their, uh, you know, ducks in a row, I guess, going into the, the off season to next year. Do you anticipate there being more interest in him uh, in the next uh, couple of months here?
2: I would say so. I think it's, um, you know, it's much easier for for teams to kind of, Figure out what they can, how much money they can take in, and maneuver the salary cap and move players out or not resign players or whatever it may be. I just think it's it's a it's not an easy. If it were, were to happen, there's a lot of moving moving pieces to a deal deal like that. So um, I think it's something that's definitely easier in the off season where teams can kind of get themselves prepared and make the moves they need to need to make to to make to take, take on a a player like Eric. So um, I would imagine though, there'll be um, more interest in him, but you know, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. That's the,
0: you know, you obviously, you you spoke, uh, you know, said Logan had a good year. Mark Edward had a good year. You anticipate that Tomas is going to have a bounce back season. Uh, Does the core need to be shaken up a little bit here? Or do you, do you like what you have here going, going forward?
2: Um, I mean, those guys are, I think they're, they're good NHL players. They're good people. They're good leaders. So I'm happy, I'm happy with them and the job, you know, the job they've done. Um, But, you know, we'll, I'll always try and do what I think is best for the organization. And, but, you know, I can't, I don't have any, any complaints with the way those, those guys played in the, in the leadership they displayed this year and, and the way they handled themselves and and handled the group. So I think they did a good job. How would you assess uh, the team's goaltending
0: this year? Is that still, you know, kind of a, a priority for you as you go into the off season and, and look to upgrade there? How do you, how would you assess how a uh, couple played in particular? And, and uh, do you, uh, do you anticipate, you know, bringing
2: James back uh, or having some interest in, in bringing James back at all? Um, well, I think the goaltending, I, I, I'm talking to both of them, I, I'm sure um, it wasn't great. And I think they both were kind of disappointed with uh, with their play this year. But at, at the same time, there's a lot of other things that go on, go into it. People kind of just look at the numbers um, that weren't great and kind of put a, all, a lot of the blame on on just the goalies. But there's a lot of other things, that, a lot of other factors that go into it. Um, the mistakes and breakdowns we had. and and things like that, where they were, they were seeing some, um, high danger chances, a lot of high danger chances every night. So, um, it's not just all on them. It's, you know, as, as a group, we got to be better. we got to be a better defensive unit. Um, I think, um, as far as Capo goes, I think his season was really, uh, you know, really up and down. Um, I don't think he ever really found his, found his footing. Um, um, I think he, he was struggling with some of the things that, you know, Spearsy and, uh, Nabby were asking to, to change and, and do differently. Um, I think he kind of eventually once, you know, the results weren't what he wanted, I think he, he kind of relented and was open to changing a little bit more. And I think, you know, I think he had a really good stretch of hockey there in February where, he was uh, he was really solid, and you can see the traits that he has. You know the size, the athleticism. Um, I think there's there's some some good tools and traits there for him, and I think he's still you know open to changing more. And um, you know talking with him yesterday, I think he's really he's really willing to and open to committing. He's put going to put in the re- probably more work than he's ever done in in, in any prior offseason to to try and change his game and be ready for the season. Um, you know, I think he's going to be here early. He's going to he's going to um, go see a couple, see a, see a different um, goaltending coach. And I think he's really trying to make him do everything necessary to, to make himself a more consistent and, and better goalie. So, um, you know, from my standpoint, that was something that was really good to hear. Um, you know, Rhymes... I think Rhymes, you know, like he said, I'm sure he probably told you guys, I think he was probably disappointed with the season overall, but um, I thought he was excellent to start the year. And, you know, he had a little back issue. And then from there it was, you know, ups and downs. But um, so I will see what happens, what happens with him in the, um, in the off season, if, if we bring him back or not, um, you know, I, I would, if I'm being honest, I would say, well, we probably won't bring back the the same, have the same bully tandem as we had this year. So,
0: what you know, obviously, we there was a lot of discussion around Pride Night and, and James's stance there. Uh, does that play into it at all, as far as the, the organization's decision or your decision to to offer him another contract or not, or is that just completely separate and just mainly both?
2: his yeah, own. No. No, they're, they're, they're two completely separate things. Um, you know, this is just a hockey decision that, you know, we think we need to make. And, you know, I've, I had nothing but uh, respect for, for James and the way he handled the pride night thing. I mean, everyone where we live in America, he's got, he has, he has his views and it takes it, you know, it does take some courage to kind of stand up and say what you you believe in and stand by your religious r- religious beliefs. It wasn't anything that what that was, you know, malcontent or coming from a, a bad place in his heart. I think he's a good person. And, um, you know, he uh, it kind of is what it is as far as that goes. So him not if we don't bring him back, um, it has nothing to do with that you have a couple other pending UFAs and,
0: and, uh, Jeffrey VL and Andreas Johnson, or, uh, does your organization plan to talking to them about bringing them back or do you anticipate letting those guys, uh, go to
2: market at this point? The UF, our UFAs, we have, we, um, you know, we we're still gonna, we're gonna meet with, uh, you know, I'll meet with the coaching staff here today and tomorrow and, you know, I'll meet with our, our scouting staff, um, You know, this week as well. And, um, you know, we'll we'll make decisions on on those guys in the roster. So, um, you know, I haven't haven't ruled out anything as as far as those guys go. Okay, All right. Thank you, Mike. Thanks.
0: We have about five to ten more minutes here. So if you have your final round of questions, we'll start with Shang.
1: Hey, Mike, uh, I want to ask you about uh, Kevin LeBanc. Uh, obviously, kind of an up-and-down season uh, for him. He has one year left on his contract next year. Is he somebody that you anticipate um, will start the season with the Sharks, or you know, is, that, is he somebody that uh, you might look to move, or maybe has even expressed interest in a move?
2: Um, I mean, he didn't express any interest in in, uh, in leaving. Um He's uh, you know, I think we'll see how see how things play out in the um in the offseason. But um, you know, he didn't he didn't have the the greatest of years. I think he knows he can be better and play better and be more, con, more consistent. I think he um he lost his confidence along the way this year. Um so um I can't I can't say whether he'll He'll be here or not be here. We'll we'll see what happens in the, in the summer and you know what presents itself. Um, you know as I as I've said, I'll always look to improve the improve the roster or do things that I I think are are right for the organization. So um, you know I'm not I don't know if he'll be here or not, but as of right now, um, you know the plan is plan is that he'll be back.
1: Uh, two uh, big uh, RFA's that jump out are uh, Noel Greger, uh, Jacob Peterson. Um, did they do enough at the end of the season here? Obviously, uh, they had pretty good end of the seasons. So did they do enough that those are two guys that you'll want to bring back? Try to bring back.
2: Um, I mean, I think uh, they both they both did play well down the stretch. Um, I think Petey was um, you know, a, a pleasant surprise. Um, I think he, he, he did a good job and kind of took advantage of his opportunity, which was nice to see. Um, Noah, you know, Noah had an up and down season. He didn't, uh, you know, to start the season, he didn't really play well. And then another guy, I think who lost his confidence and was trying to, um, kind of figure out his role, his role here and how to play and how we wanted him to play and how we, we thought he needs to play to be effective. Um, you know, we played. Down the stretch, he played a little bit better. So, um, you know, he's got a lot of, a lot of attributes you're looking for in NHL players with the size and speed and, uh, you know, he can shoot the puck. So, um, you know, it was a good finish to the season for him and well, you know, he's both those guys are guys that kind of aren't too to somewhere from, you know, our, our UFAs. We're going to, we're going to sit down and go through the roster, um, with the coaches and the scouting staff and, and make some decisions on players, so um, I think they're they're still they're both in the same bucket.
1: Uh, I was asked a lot about a uh, uh Bsted and uh, Matias Havlid about you know them coming over uh, and joining the Barracuda. Um, you know what kind of transpired with that um, in the end that they well I don't know if they came over, but they didn't. I certainly didn't play any games with the Cuda.
2: No, they didn't come over. Um, there, you know, was as unsigned players we don't really have um much control over what they what they do back home um i think we we had discussions and 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 kind of had some some hopes that maybe they would come over and you know be around the barracuda a little bit um even if it was just practicing i don't think i don't think we thought they they would play games but you know if it was practicing being around the group and being around some of the other, other young guys, you know, we, we hope that maybe that would be a possibility, but at the end of the day, their club teams kind of have their rights over there and they, um, you know, they sent them, uh, they sent them both down to play in their um, for their junior teams playoffs. Um, I guess their their team won the playoffs last year and they were sent them back down to try and win it again this year. They, um, I think they lost in the semifinals or whatever. So um, we don't have any control over it. We didn't really have any control over that situation. Um, I think their their club teams did what they thought they should do, do with them, I guess.
1: Okay. And uh, one player, uh, there was a report in uh, Finnish News that the Sharks uh, were going to sign uh, defenseman uh, Valt- Valtteri Pulley. Uh, I, I believe I, I'm uh, saying that right. Um is that still something in the works or was that, you know, somebody jumping the gun there um, report that jumped the gun there or just, you know, can you speak to that?
2: Um, I would say that's someone jumping the gun over there.
1: Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, finally for me, and thank you for everything this year, Mike, uh, just uh, curious. uh, uh, I think Nico said he's going to world championships next year. Uh, Anybody, anybody else that you can, or not next year uh, in, uh, uh, in 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 a week here or so, anybody else that you can say is going? Um, I think Nico's the, uh, the only one right now. I think,
2: um, I think, I think other, a couple other guys had been asked, but they're either, uh, have other, other commitments or, or things, or family stuff going on or, or things So they're, they're not going to go. So at, at this point right now, it's, it's just Nico.
1: Okay. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much. All interview. right,
2: Thanks, man. Appreciate it.
1: Uh, okay. We're going to go Curtis and we'll finish up with Dan.
0: Mike, are, are buyouts on the table for you this off season as you, as you kind of look to reshape the roster a bit?
2: Um, I right now I would I would say no. Um, you know it's uh it's not something we want to we want to continually kind of go down the road with. So um, it's uh I would say no, but um you know things could things could obviously change if there's moves that are made or moves that we need to make or deals that happen um but right now i i would say i would say probably not does what does
0: this team need to improve the most does it need to get bigger or faster or any particular
2: area that you see um i mean I, i don't think you're you're far off there i think we we could use a little bit more size and, and pace. So I think ultimately that's, that's the style of hockey. Um, you know, I would like, I would like to play is you know, play, play fast, be in your face, um, and have some heaviness to it, to be able to, you know, possess pucks and, and, um, have extended ozone time and, and things like that. So, um, Ultimately, that I think that's a, that's where I'd like to get to um, at some point. So I think we could use some, we could use more of that throughout the lineup, and or maybe maybe size isn't isn't um, necessarily the right. But I think we we could use probably a little bit more sandpaper and grit, and uh, you know, in your face pushback type type players that you know I think. Are, are effective in this league. And I think ultimately when, when in this league, when push comes to shove playoff time. So um, it's something we'll, we'll need to keep adding, adding to the group as, as we, as we move forward. I know you are asked right, the, right off the, the beginning there about the timeline. Um, what
0: can you say about the timeline? You know, I'm saying Sharks fans are always just saying, you know, when, when can we expect things to kind of turn around? what when do you see a timeline as far as when this team can be a playoff contender again and and uh you know make a push
2: I guess there's a lot of unknowns and it's so it's 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 really hard to kind of just pinpoint a whether it's a year or two years or three years whatever it may be there's just it's it's a little bit fluid and a lot of unknowns where to Corey's point of, some of it might depend on what happens on May 8th some of it have well, depending on what happens with Eric um, and, and maybe some of our other older guys. So um, it's kind of tough to kind of just pinpoint a, and say, well, we'll, we'll be in the playoffs this year. I think we just hope to keep getting better and, and, and improving and, and getting better. Like I said, I think we, we established and start to put, lay down the foundation of of the standard and the culture that we want here. Now it's, it's to keep building on that and 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 for myself to keep adding adding to the talent pool of of prospects and 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 players and and try and build this thing up the right way but we have to be smart about it and not rush and get too excited and and then and and make mistakes that that we we regret you know in two or three years down the road do you anticipate uh
0: you know probably i think i probably don't know the answer already but do you anticipate any changes to the coaching staff um, going forward? Or are you generally pleased with with uh, how that group worked together this year?
2: Yeah, no, I, I'm pleased with them. I think they did a good job. It was, uh, you know, difficult circumstances that they I think they walked into, but I think they did a I think they did a real good job, and I think the feedback I got from all the players was the same. They were all extremely happy with with the coaching staff and the job they did and the way they communicated and and motivated the group. So, um, you know, I think they did a good job and, you know, I think they'll, they'll be, uh, you know, I, they'll put the work in over the summer and probably, you know, make a few tweaks here and there. And so we can keep, um, you know, kind of playing the way we want to play and, and the style of play that we want. So, um, they did a good job. They did a good job. All right. Thank you, Mike. Right, thanks. Go ahead, Dan.
1: Hey Mike, just a quick question. Um, as you, you've you had a year to, to evaluate your prospect pool heading toward the draft, um, did anything anybody jump out? It seemed like everybody was very
0: well prepared to come to the NHL when they did get an opportunity but uh, kudos to John McCarthy and the staff. But without playoffs uh, in the AHL, it, how do you evaluate where your
2: prospect pool is right now and the, and the health of it? Um, I think the the prospect pool is, is, is okay. Um, I think it you know, I think it's we still need to keep building it and growing it and, and improving it. Um, like you said, I think Johnny, Johnny Mack and his staff down there did a really good job with these guys all year, um preparing them and helping them kind of guide them to be uh professionals. Um, you know, Todd Marchant and the development staff, Tommy Wingles and Lucas Spees did a good job too with with those young guys. Um, you know, it's a it's a big adjustment for a lot of them. A lot of them was a lot of the guys it was their first year pro so they they did a good job I think they got a little taste of what the NHL is like and um you know realized you know talking with them you know all after kind of either sending sending them back to the Barracuda or in Eki's case you know him getting injured I think they all realized how I think you hear about how fast and how strong and how hard the NHL is I think um they all realize that they they have work to do to um you know get to be a full-time successful nhl player so i think that i think the pool's okay right now um i think the guys have all taken step forward down at the barracuda um you know bystead and have and cam cam Lund um and ethan cardwell had a great year um in junior so i think those guys all those guys were happy we're happy with but you know um we still need to keep building and developing these players and, you know, the draft will be important. Hopefully we can, we, we can add, you know, three or four impact players to, to this prospect pool. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Dan. Okay. Thanks everyone for joining. Thanks, Mike,
0: uh, for taking time of your schedule this morning.
2: Thanks guys. Appreciate it this year. Thank you.
0: Thanks for joining us for this edition of Sharks Hockey Digest. I'm Dan Rusanowski. You've been listening to Sharks Hockey Digest. This has been a presentation of the
1: San Jose Sharks Audio Network.